0: Welcome to Sinner's Take, another Catholic Guys podcast of which we are the worst. I'm Alec. I'm Eddie. And I'm Cody. And today we're going to be talking about authentic prayer.
1: All you guys do is talk about prayer, man. Can we ever talk about something normal? Jeez Louise. All right, we'll talk about talking to Jesus. (laughs) Prayer is not talking, okay? Prayer is praying. Singing twice Singing. to Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> talking about prayer in a podcast is praying twice, That's what I've heard. So, quick little announcement for all you sinners out there. Um, we actually have a gift for you. It's not a financial currency gift, but actually they say time is money. And so, the good news is from those of us at Sinners Take, we have kind of made the executive decision to... Instead of releasing episodes every week, we're only going to release episodes every other week, which means that about 40 minutes a week, we gift back to you every other week. So I guess 20 minutes a week total. And time is money. So I want you to... You're welcome. Yeah, you're welcome. So just think of... If you have a job, think of your hourly wage and take two-thirds of that and just imagine that we're giving that to you every other week. (laughs) Um, No, but in in all seriousness, it is... We're probably going to move to every other week. Alec now has a full-time job as well, and we're just kind of busier, which I know is kind of a, a cop-out of an answer, but uh, we don't want to stop, and we also don't want to be overwhelmed with it, and we don't want to do a poor job with it, so we're trying to uh, roll with this. Not to say that there will never be an episode every week or whatever it might be, but we're only, I guess, prioritizing every, every other week would be a, w- a way to, to say that. Yeah, anything more than that
0: kind of would be a bonus or something coming up
1: yeah and uh, I guess yeah the the but also since we're on announcements we don't really do announcements on this podcast but if any of you guys have any uh, topics for episodes that you would like to have covered whatever go ahead and send us an email go to we have our uh, you know sinner's take at gmail.com if you would like to hear anything in particular um, or just want to say hi we'd love to hear from you and uh, yeah that's shout all out about. to Maria shout out to Maria yeah she's number one fan uh, officially and yeah anything else cody do you have any announcements no (laughs) all right so no no i will i'll (laughs) I'll
2: throw a shout out to um this girl mj she made my life uh a few weeks ago (laughs) (laughs) when it was a week and a half ago i was at a little event and she somehow recognized my voice from being on this on No this, way. Which was probably one of the coolest things that's ever happened to me. So, <laughs> so, so I'm still talking about it, you know, tell everyone I know. So thank you,
1: MJ.
0: <laughs> you I recognize that voice. That's the third most handsome voice on T
1: <laughs> So moving on. Uh, authentic prayer. I know we talk about prayer a lot, but it's kind of important, I hear. So we have more that we want to say about it. So we're going to talk about it again. So this is going to title Authentic Prayer. I think we have an episode that's just called Prayer, isn't it? Or, or something like that. Yeah, we might have one called Authentic Prayer. Whoops. Okay. Well, <laughs> uh, we will name it something, and it will be about prayer. So yeah, what was uh, initial thoughts, anybody? What are we even talking about?
2: Yeah, I guess I guess the question, it was just something I was thinking about yesterday, it was kind of like in my own life, I want to recommit to more prayer, but what does that look like? And at what point, like, what is, what is the turn of the heart where like prayer just kind of becomes an obligation? If it were the case that prayer was just an obligation, is that the worst thing in the world? Is it better? I guess the thought in my head was, is it better to pray authentically and not pray at all if it's not going to be authentic or is it better to grind it out even if it doesn't feel authentic? So that, I mean, that was kind of a question that I would like to discuss. Did you have a
0: gut response to that? Like, do you feel one way or the other?
2: I do. I I personally feel like, I don't know, especially in the beginning stages of the spiritual life um, where I find myself, I think that uh, there are a lot of times where prayer is not super attractive and it is more of a labor or an effort to put ourselves in a, or, or we just don't know how. Right? Like we're just not comfortable speaking to the Lord. And my gut reaction was to say that it is better to go through the motions and try than to just be like, well, it feels like a chore, so I'm not gonna do it.
0: So what you're saying is your gut feeling was the correct feeling because I agree. Is it is you. it? Okay. <laughs> uh yeah, I agree. And Yeah, I, I also agree. Okay, so thank you for listening. <laughs> game over (laughs) yeah but you have to say why you (laughs) agree (laughs) uh yeah i think a big part of it is just not knowing what to say but that's where we can lean on the saints and prayers that have been verified as effective i guess for lack of better terminology Um, (laughs) they got that blue check mark on twitter Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but using those or even just sitting in silence with the lord like going to adoration and just sitting I mean, we talk about being in a prayerful state and sometimes you might not feel like that, but even if that's all you can access is just being there, I think it goes a long way. And there is that fake it till you make it thing that's real with prayer. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I think uh, not only is it, are people uncomfortable, myself included, with speaking to the Lord, but I think a lot of the, the difficulty comes in with the listening part, which you've talked about in previous episodes. And like Alec was just touching on the silence of it. Uh, We feel awkward. We feel uncomfortable, which I would make the argument that if you're awkward in the silence with you feel awkward or uncomfortable or out of place in the silence with God, it means you are not comfortable with him at all. Really. Uh, You know, you can, that's always a good gauge of a friendship is by whether or not you can be silent with them and it haven't not be awkward. So, but I agree with the, with the fake it till you make it mentality. I know that that maybe has like a negative connotation to it, but I don't think that it needs one. And I think that it almost really should be encouraged because this is the experience of just about everything that we do is that uh especially things that are difficult i believe uh in i believe it's in what's well, definitely in the weight of glory cs lewis uh, book of collection of essays i think it's in the the essay entitled um actually i don't know so uh, <laughs> it's <laughs> there, one of them there oh it, i don't remember but the, basically what he talks about is how this is the experience of the spiritual life is that uh, you do kind of have to grudge through it for a while. Um, and he, he so I'm going to try, I'm trying to say this as articulately as possible. He basically talks about, he he makes the analogy as to um, learning Greek. So he basically, the idea is that, and in the purpose of this analogy, he makes the point of saying that like, for the sake of the analogy, we're taking, assuming that Greek poetry is better than English poetry, which he says is not the case in reality, but he says for the sake of what he's trying to prove, we're going to pretend for a, ma- for a moment that Greek poetry is better than English poetry. So um, uh, a person who is in love with poetry wants to learn le- language and wants to learn all these things. He um, will actually not read. He like learning Greek will be very taxing to him because he cannot see the benefits of knowing Greek. He knows that he can read English poetry right now, so he's just going to read English poetry and settle for like the lesser the lesser goods of that because he can't attribute, like learning the Greek and kind of grinding that out as leading up to something better. So eventually you kind of just have to take on faith that like, this is beneficial for you and learn the Greek. So that way, ultimately, once you actually can't have learned it and can read the Greek poetry, you are actually going to satisfy that desire, his romantic desire better than he would have before. But we really don't see that benefit we don't see a return on that investment until really it's almost done, right? And it's kind of similar to uh, our, the faith life, right? We don't always, we can't always see uh, what's on the other side. And I think going back to even our last episode on the fulfillment of all desire, like what what fulfills you is um, we struggle to pray every day, we struggle to prioritize that because uh, we don't see exactly what intimacy with the Lord looks like yet. And so we'll seek out a lesser form of intimacy because it's easier and we can see it like very tangibly. And so I think people struggle with that as well, but you do like the answer to that essentially is more or less fake it till you make it. But it's the same thing with uh, anything with, you know, uh, uh, sports or fitness or studying or anything like nobody when they're a kid loves studying, but a kid who studies anyways, when he doesn't love it, may end up at a really good college that he wants to get go to where no kid loves running like for the sake of fitness and pushing themselves in that way at practice. But one who does that anyways, regardless of whether they like it, may find themselves a high-level athlete at some point in their life.
2: And may even find themselves enjoying it. They may even find that the running has now become what was once super taxing has now become like sweet almost. Yes, absolutely. And I don't even know. I guess fake it till you make it is like a good kind of sticky phrase. So sticky. So sticky. <laughs> <laughs> but I think there is something to be said for like just having the confidence of doing it even when you don't know how, right? I, I think it's in, um, well, in St. Louis de Montfort's um, version of the Marian consecration, one of the reflections says that if you want to grow in a virtue, you just pretend that you've already mastered it if you, if you really want to grow in patience, you just enter every situation saying, I am a perfectly patient person. Or like, <laughs> I, I, or like if you want to grow in chastity, you would just say, well, what would a chaste person do? And obviously that's what I would do because I'm a chaste person, right? And, <laughs> and you'll, and like, even though that's not, you're not perfectly chaste or you're not perfectly patient, you will grow as a result of the confidence of just trying to be that. And I think there's something to be said about that in prayer as well. Right. Just there's something about the effort that's put in Um, because I was Eddie and I were actually on a retreat this past week um, with some of our students and they were talking to me a little. And this is another reason why it kind of came up to me was they were talking to me about the prayers that are said at school. They said that they kind of have a sense of when the person means it and when they when they don't. Right. And they said they prefer when the person means it. And so I don't think it's even just a repetition thing of like, well, he's just saying the same thing over and over again. So obviously he doesn't mean it because I say the same prayer every day. And they said that they think that I mean it just because of the intention that's put behind it. So it's not even so much about necessarily what's being said, but how you're going about saying it and having the confidence of just being like, well, I might not be perfect at praying, but I'll just pretend like I'm really good at it um, and have the confidence that like the Lord is going to reciprocate.
1: This reminds me of one of my probably my favorite movie of all time, uh, Gladiator, when, in one of the enter- entering scenes where beginning scenes where uh, Marcus Aurelius, the emperor, is talking to his daughter and he's like, come, let's 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 have a conversation. Enough talking of politics. Let's for a moment pretend that I am a loving father and you are a good daughter. No, no, you. I am a good father and you are a loving daughter and you know she's like oh what a great fantasy this would be and but they like even just they just take a moment to put themselves in that place and they have a really good conversation right that like uh like what would what would a loving daughter do in this moment what would a good father say in this moment i think that that is that is beautiful because also it also paints it becomes aware you become aware very quickly i think of what in what ways you're lacking right if you go into a situation and say what would a patient person do And you can't do, like, you you can be patient up to this point. And you're like, at this point, I can no longer be patient. You're like, okay, this is where my patience runs out. So even to paint it in that light.
2: Yeah, like going into prayer and saying, okay, this is where I see myself. Or this this is like the snag that I feel I'm getting caught up on, you know. Uh, And I I don't know, I guess to name some of those snags, it would just be boredom. Or or feeling like, oh, man, I'm not getting anything out of this. There's no connection here. I don't know, but it's not like we're on like... distraction. Yeah, it's not like we're on like divine Wi-Fi yeah. or something like that. There's no, there's never a connection problem, and if there is, it's not on the other end. <laughs> so yeah, uh, <laughs> um, but maybe that is just what it is. Is like is feeling like man, every time I go, I'm distracted. So just going in and saying, I'm really good at not getting distracted. And then sitting sitting down and just saying, what would I be thinking of if I was not distracted right now? Where would I be directing my energy?
0: What I've been thinking about is I, when giving gifts, am terrible because I would rather not give a gift than give a gift of which I'm not proud. Hmm. So my family kind of knows this where like, I just take Christmases off sometimes. It's, it's it's not good um, because I can't find anything that I really like. And then the next year I'll find something and it'll be perfect. And I'm so excited about it. And it's great. It comes from the pride of I want to be a good gift giver. And I'm not even really thinking about the other person because they just want to see that I care about them and thought about them enough to get them something right. It doesn't have to be not even a home run. It doesn't have to be a grand slam every time. Because it becomes more about me giving it than them receiving it. And I think that that same thing might happen in prayer where we're saying, I want to be I want to be good at praying. And if I don't know what to say, I'm just going to say nothing. And I think it's a similar fear of if I'm not good at something, I'm not going to do it. And that prevents us from becoming good at things.
1: And I think one more important just note is that nothing is wasted with God, that no time with him is wasted, no struggle, no silent time, no going and sitting in the chapel and being completely distracted is wasted with him. He doesn't look at that as a waste of time. So just to have that understanding that, you know, even if you make mistakes in your prayer life, even if you struggle with prayer, even if you don't feel adequate in your prayer, whatever it might be, that those thoughts, those times with him is not are not wasted on him. He will use anything that you give to him, no matter how small, he will use, right? This, you know, And we see that riddled in scriptures, that God takes what is very small, whatever small offering you can give to him, and he makes it into something uh, wonderful, you know?
0: And it might not be small for you. Yeah. Going, sitting, and being distracted might be more than some people's prayer, and that's fine. He He understands where you're at and knows you, and if that's all you can give him, like Eddie said, he'll work with that.
2: So, I guess at this point, you know, we've kind of covered, it is always better to give the gifts of your time to the Lord than, and have it be kind of like, oh, this is all I got, Lord, you know, like, I feel like there's a good image there, but there's not, so, <laughs> <laughs> in my mind, it's like some kid walking up to his dad with, like, absolute garbage, but the dad, like, he's like well, oh, it's that's okay, a, buddy, Eddie's you try it's a leaf. Leaf it's a leaf story. What did I
0: say? What, what, <laughs> what did did I, I say. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, the image was is when I was a camp counselor, a kid walks up to me with something behind his back and he's like, I got something for you. I was like, What? And he turns around and he hands me a leaf that he had picked up off the ground. He said, I got it for you. And I was like, you know, your heart melts, obviously, even though that leaf does not add any value to my life at all. And I put it in my locker and it withered and it died. And um, because it was somebody who I cared about was giving me something and went out of my way to get me something, uh, I think that that is the Lord's approach. Because the reality is no matter what you give to him, it's inadequate. So like uh, there is nothing. Everything that you can give to God is a leaf in comparison to who he Damn. is. To him. Yeah. So it doesn't matter if your time that you, like we said, is distracted or whatever it is. like, Because even in the best case scenario of your like, It still doesn't change who he is, but is incredibly valuable to him because he cares about us and because he cares that you care about him.
2: Yeah. So I guess just knowing that every gift of time that we give to the Lord is valuable, and I guess not to fall into the temptation of just saying, "Well, my prayer is not going to be good today, so I just won't do it." Um, How do we start to turn, like the leaves or like the crumbled up garbage? Or whatever, And how do, how do we start to kind of like smooth that out or turn the leaf into just like a flower or the flower into a bouquet for him, right? And I think like Eddie said, at the end of the day, no one is perfect at it and you're never gonna get like a bouquet every time and you're also never, like even when you do, it's still kind of in the grand scheme of things, like <laughs> that's today, tomorrow is something new, uh, something different and maybe even something more challenging. So, uh, and to the Lord, it all means the same. So I guess really for us, it's just like more about like the interior journey of becoming more accustomed to prayer. And obviously like giving the gift of a bouquet of flowers probably is a bit more satisfying than giving the gift of a leaf to someone. So I guess the question then becomes like, if if we don't know how to pray, how do we pray Um, so that we're not just sitting there kind of like flipping through a, you know my little my little Catholic book of prayers thing, um, and I, which is still, again, not bad, right? But how do we turn uh, what could be writ or what could be just memorization to actually like speaking from the heart?
1: And you know there is no again we'll, we'll we'll make a plug for it again. Read fulfillment of all desire and apply everything that is in that book to your life, and then you will know how to pray. Uh, but something small that has helped me immensely in my own prayer life is just the keeping of a prayer journal. I know that that is... Some Some of you, when you hear that, you're like, ugh, we know, we get it. <laughs> and there are some people who don't need a prayer journal, which is awesome. And there are many different ways to do a prayer journal. Um, I have tried several. Most of them have failed. The current way that I do it that is the most effective for me, because I am very easily distracted in prayer, has um, been a a burden or whatever, a struggle that I, I, you know, work, try to work on, but I don't know if it's gotten any better and ever in my life, but you know, my thoughts are always so fleeting and even like, it'll kind of be like three random thoughts that are not important than like a God thought. And then like, you know, and it's very, and like they all just pass by so quickly um, that I never really have the opportunity to sit with any of them. And I found that keeping a prayer journal simply, I just write the date and then I just Every thought that I have that is uh, productive, sometimes even the ones that are not productive, I just, I write them down. So, because by, by nature of doing that, it a couple things happen. One, it takes longer to write things down and it engages more parts of your brain. So I have to sit with it for a longer period of time. So I can't just go like, like you know, whatever it might be. Um, I feel like I don't read the Bible enough or whatever it is. Like I have to sit down and I have to write, Lord, I feel like I do not read the Bible enough. And while you're writing that down, your mind sits with it and it starts to think about it. And then it naturally becomes like, well, why don't I read the Bible more? Why don't, why don't I prioritize this enough? Um, and then it turns into a longer reflection um, and it works for distractions too. If you write down, I was just distracted by this video game. I was just distracted by this TV show. When you take the time to write it out, your mind starts to recognize it and remove and try to avoid those distractions in the future. It's also
0: um, no longer holding on to them.
1: Yeah because you, you set it
0: down onto the paper so you're not trying to juggle it in the same way and it's not in the way of your other thoughts.
1: Yeah, and then, you know, sometimes I, I, if there's a, you know, we have those, like we've talked about in previous episodes where you feel feel those uh, whispers into your heart that must be the Lord, you write those down too and you say, and I'll say something, you know, I'll either put it in quotations or I'll write it in a different color. Usually it's quotations because I don't, definitely don't bring two pens into the chapel usually. <laughs> um, and just kind of say like, this seems, this is, I think this was from, from God and see what kind of fruit that that produces. And then when that reflection naturally comes to a close, then you just sit in silence again and then wait for the next one. And, you know, it's a lot, it naturally incorporates silence. It naturally incorporates the reflections. I know that that's not for everybody, but uh, that is what I do. And I find it to be helpful for me. Um, You know, it's kind of like training wheels, right? Ideally, hopefully one day it won't be necessary, but that's I think where there's I'm at.
0: another thing. So, uh I work at a school that has a lot of kids who need we have just boxes of fidget things, fidget cubes and putty and pipe twisty things and whatever it is. And there's like I would even recommend some of those things or just doodling because it keeps your mind occupied enough to not be distracted, but not so occupied that you can't pray. And if you need that as like training wheels, if you will, or maybe you maybe you need it the whole time. I, with my rosary, even if I'm not praying it, I'm holding it, and I'm just uh, bringing it through my hands. I know um, my grandfather used to use worry beads. Mm. He would just kind of flick them through his hand. Something to prevent the distraction from becoming... You're giving it something to do instead of letting it just go off on its own.
2: Yeah, and I think I think something else that um, is helpful, or at least I have found helpful, is just kind of like when I when I go in, kind of knowing where the Lord is at, right with me, because I think maybe that's part of it too, is you feel like you have to go in and you kind of have to please Him, or you kind of have to, oh man, like, and maybe that's where the temptation of like I I I don't want to make this an obligation comes from, or I don't want to do it if I'm not going to do it good comes from, as you kind of feel like if I don't do it good enough, I'm not going to get anything out of it. And I don't know how to do it good, so I won't get anything out of it. But I think just knowing where the Lord is coming from on his end, uh, and just at the beginning, reminding yourself of that, that to paraphrase, I think it's St. Therese of Lisieux says, every time you approach him, whether it be I mean, especially in the Eucharist, I think, but even just in prayer. And I think it's especially beautiful in the Eucharist, and I think she talks about it specifically with the Eucharist, so I'll stick with this. She says that when you do that, you have to remember that he, from the beginning of time, thought of you coming in in that moment and has been waiting for this moment specifically to be with you. Just just sitting there, right? Jesus Christ for 2,000-some-odd years has been waiting for this moment where he gets to just be with you. The Father has been waiting to be with you. The Spirit has been waiting to be with you. So knowing that there's kind of like this anticipation of like, oh, man, like he's here or she's here, you know, I can't, I'm so amped. Um, and being like him being so excited about you being there, but also knowing that like his intention is is to speak to your heart and is is just to love you. Right, so I, And I know St. Francis de Sales says I, this is kind of like the most important part of prayer is, is going in and putting yourself in this place where I recognize where I'm at right now and what's happening. Right, I recognize that I am being loved by the Lord and that he desires to speak to my heart. And I, I guess someone, I think he told me that the, mo- the most important moments of prayer are the first five minutes because it sets the tone for the rest of prayer. Right? like If I go in and I'm distracted for the first five minutes, there's no coming back. I'm usually distracted for the rest of the time. But if I come in and for those first even just two minutes, I just just sit there and reflect on the reality of what's happening right now, it usually sets you up for a little bit more fruitful conversation with him, I think.
0: Yeah, one thing I like to do kind of to that end is like when I walk into the chapel, and there's there's two doors from our chapel, so whichever one... I walk in. I when I sit down, I imagine Jesus physically just like walking through the other door and coming and sitting like in a pew behind me. And when I feel and it's so funny cuz he is there right in front of me, but having the image of him as a person with me helps make it a little more tangible.
1: So that's cool. You sit during prayer. That's nice. <laughs> Eddie lies prostrate exclusively. <laughs> exclusively. On a bed of nails. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I I love that I that thought. I think it's so beautiful of like when you walk into the chapel and God has been waiting for you, you know, it's, it's as silly as it is, but like, you know, you imagine him like saying like, there he is. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like I, I, I love doing that to like my students, but like they walk into the classroom like five minutes earlier and then you just like, I've been waiting for you. Like, what do you want to talk about? Or like there'll be a kid walking by my classroom. There's like one student who like who always walks around campus and he always, just, he's always got his headphones in and everything. He's a super awesome kid. Really got a, a, a searching heart that's after the Lord and he'll walk by and i just like yell out to him and then if he if you he can't hear me because of his headphones i'll like pick up a rock and i'll like roll it into his feet when he when he walks by a pebble uh, no it's i mean bigger than a pebble smaller than a rock and i roll i don't chuck it at him i roll it so that like it rolls right past him and that way he like like looks around and uh i'll be like I've been waiting for you like get get in my class and let's talk let's talk about what's on your heart you know um i but, think that
0: enthusiasm goes a long way i was talking to my dad about he was saying like one of the practices That he would do is, before when he gets home from work, before he opens the door, stop, take a breath, put a smile on. Because you don't want to walk in the door and your kids and wife to see you. The first thing they see of you is you, like, upset or frustrated. You want to be excited. Even if you did have a long day and you get to that, the first thing is that excitement. And I just imagine, like, every time we get there, he's so excited to see us. And that enthusiasm, uh, it just... Again, think about it like for a person in your life, or it might even be the feeling like when you get home and your dog is so excited, but it's that to an infinite degree. I almost don't even want to describe it that way because it's reductive, but there is that
1: pure joy. Yeah. I I do think that's, you know, we talk, there's a lot of movies about dogs purposes and everything. I do. I think that that was the main reason why God gave us was because they are, a, a good image right a, not a perfect one but of like of sound silly but of god's love for you that like doesn't matter what you do to that dog like he's always going to love you he's always going to be happy to see you uh alex dog is named maya she's um, she's awesome but like I, you know I, I don't think about maya i forget about her all the time but the instant i walk through the door maya's like oh my gosh <laughs> it's you and i'm like oh yeah maya <laughs> like how's it going um but uh yeah so i think that it is a fair like it's something that you know, it helps us to understand. Obviously it's not the thing itself, but it is a good conduit for us to see a little bit of what unconditional love looks like, which is obviously dogs are incapable of authentic agape love, but it is helpful. Two
0: weeks from now, we'll talk about why dogs can't love. Yeah.
1: (laughs) And on that day, 3000 were removed from their number. (laughs) Basically, I think one, one last thing that I wanted to talk about today was, because I know this is a real struggle for, myself like working in a catholic school it's hard to distinguish between like work prayer and like actual prayer where uh, none of you guys who are youth ministers who or work in a catholic school or work anywhere where you're doing a lot of prayer ingrained into your day like i find it difficult to like think does this actually have value like does this in my incorporate into my days on at least 35 minutes of silence every day while i'm at school of silent prayer between the classes and between before school and whatever it is but like, does that even count? Uh, cause a lot of times it doesn't feel like it does. And this could also go with like, you know, if you say a prayer before you go to bed, this could go before like prayers before meals, like do those things actually have value? And I think they can, but, uh, I'm going to explain with a story. Um, it's kind of a story that is uh, more, more embarrassing for me, but it's like the kind of embarrassing where it's like, but I like telling it anyways. Like I like being embarrassed by it. So
0: this is my favorite story. <laughs>
1: uh, so when I was uh, a wee sugar cube now, and by that I mean like a junior in high school and, <laughs> um, you know, uh, as we've talked about before, just the, that hopeless romantic side of, of me, there was this girl who, um, went to my sister's school. My sister went to the all girls school that was accompanied, accompanied our all boys school. She was a cheerleader and one of the people on her team i met her uh through my sister and i was just i thought she was the most beautiful woman alive so when i was a junior in high school i thought like because i never really got to see her we didn't really run in the same circles of friends um you know i kind of see her occasionally at what are you laughing at (laughs) i'm just anticipating when this is going (laughs) i don't think i've heard it um (laughs) It's, like I said it's it, it's pretty it's pretty embarrassing but uh, I thought well, how could I possibly get this girl to like like me so the the best thing that uh, junior in high school uh, Eddie could come up with was I am going to, to make sure that I make an effort to at least say something to this girl every day and what that translated to was every night I was going to text her good night <laughs> before I went to bed now for those of you guys who have ever uh, pursued fancy females uh, there is a line that is between that that you walk that is between sweet and creepy and where you fall on that line it completely is contingent on whether or not the girl likes you or doesn't like you like you do something really nice and she's into it then like into you then she's like that's so sweet you do it when they're not it's like that's super creepy um but anyway so it's important to note that she would always respond to these text messages it wasn't it wasn't like it. <laughs> but um I was convicted of this. I so it wasn't like I'm gonna text this girl goodnight every night for a week or a month, or I'm not gonna text this girl goodnight every night for like two months. It was like I'm gonna text this girl goodnight every night for like two and a half years. <laughs> <laughs> it became so ingrained to my like life. I could not like, it was like the last, it was, I would go to bed. It'd be like, guys send the goodnight text. And then I'd go to bed. <laughs> it even translated into my like freshman year of college guys. I was like, such a loser. <laughs> um, and even at, at that point, like the crush was gone. It just kind of became like how our friendship was. <laughs> but long story short, it did not work out. <laughs> <laughs> um, because the reality was, is that, no matter how many times I said goodnight to this girl, I wasn't actually building a relationship with her. And when I would see her, you know, at school or at a football game or whatever else where I, where I would see her in, uh, it was awkward because I didn't actually know her and I didn't actually have an authentic friendship with her. And so like when I would see her in person, I didn't know what to say to her. It was in, it kind of made me spin out and I was, you know, Just, uh, you know, good night. <laughs> uh, it's three o'clock in the afternoon, but good night. And I'd run away. Um, and since then, we, we have actually become more so of like actual friends. So uh, uh, I don't think she listens to the podcast, but uh, <laughs> shout out to her. And um, But the idea is that being, why am I bringing this up? Is that because if you want to have a relationship with somebody, you can't just text goodnight to them. And I think that it's the same way. The way, way I bring this up now is because with God is that a goodnight text doesn't suffice with him either. And I, that, this good night text could be many different things because I, I imagine many of us, right? What, what does our daily prayer routine look like? It kind of falls along the lines of maybe I say I pray before I go to bed. Maybe, uh, you know, I pray before meals. Um, maybe I'm walking somewhere and I think, oh, God, like, thank you for this day or whatever. And those things, although good, are only good if they are supplemented in other ways. So if it is a relationship, you need to be spending intentional time with somebody, And this is why I think with prayer, it has to be every day. You got to spend, you know, they say 15 minutes of like. Could save you 15% or more on (laughs) car (laughs) insurance. Nice. Nailed it. (laughs) Uh, They say, yeah, 15 minutes of like mental prayer every day and where you're actually building that relationship. And if you are making that priority elsewhere, then everything else that you do has value. Right? If you imagine a relationship with a person, for those of you guys who are in relationship, I would hope that your person you're in a significant relationship with says goodnight to you, either a text message or a phone call or whatever it is, but just know that, like, hey, have a good night. I hope that they say good morning, you know, have a good day. I think that those are obviously healthy things. But if that's all you did in your relationship, then your relationship's going to end very fast if you don't make, uh, make an effort to talk to them otherwise. And you know, like the random text, like, hey, thinking about you today or whatever it is, like, those are sweet, but only if you are adding. Uh, to that relationship. So all of a sudden those little things, those work prayers, those prayers before meals, those prayers before you go to bed that alone mean nothing. If you are making an effort in other ways, like in a substantial way, then all of those things become incredibly valuable because like I said, like those little, those sweet little notes that you put in someone's lunch that your mom puts in your lunch or whatever it is, like those have value if there's effort being put in other ways. So all that to say a good night text with God will not suffice. But if you are seeking after him in a, in a genuine way, they will add so much beauty to your relationship.
2: And it becomes way sweeter if he likes you back. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and he does. <laughs> he does.
0: Yeah.
2: And yeah, I think I think if if you are finding yourself in a place where you don't know where to start, you're like, wow, I like actually I've just not prayed ever, or I only know how to do the little rope prayers, or I only know how to do this, that, or the other thing, and we've talked about it on other episodes, I know, but um, bring it up again, because it works, is my youth minister in high school, his wife, I guess, um, told this story all the time about, she was also a youth minister, she told this story all the time about how um, she went to confession one time, and the priest said, your penance is to spend five minutes a day every day for the next week in the chapel and she's like well that's not fair because i'm only supposed to have a hail mary or an our father and then i'm done and he's like no no uh you're gonna spend five minutes a day every day in the chapel and then that's your penance so she went and for like the first five or six days she would sit there like super pissed off like I'm not gonna talk to you, you know. <laughs> you made me take five minutes out of my day, um, but on the sixth or seventh day, she like actually was like having a hard day and just sat there in silence and found that it was kind of enjoyable or kind of good. And so then, past a week, she like would keep going in for five minutes, and, like, "Oh, my little secret, I'm never gonna tell father because then he'll <laughs> feel like a." Uh. But um, that was like the start of her prayer life was it just built up to however long it was so don't don't feel like you have to start at the top you know start with the start with the easy the easy commitment so what if the, even if that is just like for the next week 5 minutes a day every day in intentional prayer
0: yeah you don't when you want to run a marathon you don't start practicing with a marathon mm-hmm. so do the same thing here start you guys don't <laughs> <laughs> I sprint marathons. Yeah.
2: <laughs> that sums it up for me. I don't I've I've run out of
1: things to say. I don't know and to we've do. run out of time to say <laughs> them. Nice. So uh thanks for listening. As one of my students at school would say, stay
0: fresh, cheese puffs.